Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hoke. Brian, it's been an up and down for the Yankees, and uh, lately things are looking a little little uh, disappointing, but there seems to be some good news. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka is maybe going to pitch. Is he going to pitch in a major league game? Where does that stand right now? It seems like there's a very good chance of that. Um, Through 65 pitches in a simulated game at George M. Steinbrenner Field yesterday, um, that's a big step. You know, he got hit around a little bit, but that's not really what concerns the Yankees. What they're looking for is that he comes through healthy. The velocity's good. Uh, he maxed out at 92 miles an hour yesterday. And pitching coach Larry Rothschild said it's pretty close to what they saw in the first half before he got hurt in July. Um, I think for Tanaka's own peace of mind, it's important that he gets back on the mound. I think uh, you don't want to – he's going to obviously fly home to Japan and – have the whole winter to, to work out and rest. You don't want to have that lingering in the back of your mind the entire winter. Can I get back on the mound? Can I face a major league team? So I think even if he just comes back for one start, it looks like it's not going to help the Yankees push toward the postseason. Uh, but I think that if he can come back and get major league hitters out before he heads home, I think that is good for his own peace of mind. You may have just answered this question, actually. But the last time we talked about this, it sounded like they were – being awfully conservative with him and, and really not in any hurry to push anything. And now they're going from uh, five innings in an instructional league game to pitching in a major league game. Uh, what has changed or has anything changed uh, in that in that time? Well, it's not official that he will pitch, and I think a lot of it depends on how he feels today when he comes into the ballpark. But um, I think the situation has changed in a way. Um, and probably not in the way that the Yankees would hope. Look, they've got 13 games left. It's looking like they're not going to go to the postseason. So uh, there's less pressure to say, Tanaka, save our season, come out and, and really just go full bore and make one or two starts and then be ready for the playoffs. Um, now the situation has changed where maybe he's just going to come back and throw five innings and kind of get his work in against major league hitters. So um, I, I think that Actually, in, in a strange, perverse way, the fact that they're falling out of playoff contention may make it more likely that Tanaka would pitch um, and, and they can worry less about the results. So, in a sense, not only the results, but that he maybe 
puts a little less pressure on himself and maybe doesn't feel maybe doesn't get too far ahead of himself or try to do too much yeah i, I would i would agree with that i think that uh, look they're going to look very closely at him they're, he's a huge investment um you're you're basically talking about his future here in, in the if he needs a surgery you're knocking him out probably for all of next year and um if he can rehab it and get through it and and stay on the mound then uh, you can realistically pencil him in and say that Tanaka will come into spring training and, and be in the rotation for opening day. So, obviously, that's what the Yankees would prefer. They don't want him to have to have the surgery because then you're looking at him coming back in 2016. But, um, yeah, if he can come back and, and show them that he can get major league hitters out with whatever he has now, then I think a, an offseason rest can only help. The, the Yankees are making their last trip this year to St. Petersburg, and that means it's the last time down there uh, for Major League Games for Derek Jeter. It's a lot of places. There have been a lot of stops. There have been a lot of these. That he's been fed at a lot of places, but it seems like this is one of the bigger ones. Fenway is going to be a big deal. Obviously, the last home game is going to be a big deal. We had an, an item uh, from Adam Barry on Yankees.com this week about this. It's it's uh, Tropicana Field is not a place that's often romanticized, but the, this last series in St. Pete is really a big deal for Jeter, isn't it? I, I think personally speaking, it is. Yeah, uh, Derek was talking a lot about that yesterday, and Adam did a good job with that story about uh, how he came down here and was working out in 1994 to try and and get better and make it to the big leagues, and he was miserable here. He hated it. Uh, he was homesick. He he missed being home. He was on the phone every night. He was crying. Uh, but he has, in time, come to really love Tampa. And uh, this is home for him now. He makes his off-season home here. He built a, a huge place out on Davis Islands. Uh, this is where he's going to retire. This is, uh, this is home for Derek Jeter. So, yeah, no, I, I think that he probably won't miss a whole lot about playing baseball at the Trop, but he'll miss the uh, – the getting in the car and going to Starbucks and uh, having his little commute to the ballpark and, and being able to sleep in his own bed and then go play in a big league game. I think those are things that Derek Jeter's going to think about. And obviously spring training, too. This is the Yankees' home. Uh, he spent a lot of time here, a lot of time on those fields. Um, and, and really, when you tell the story of Derek Jeter, I think that Tampa and St. Peter is a huge part of it. We, we talked about this, uh, I guess, a week ago with the Jeter Day at Yankee Stadium, but we're now down to a week and a half left, and the reality seems to be growing much heavier that the odds are very strong that September 28th will, in fact, be Derek Jeter's last Major League game. I don't want to keep harping on this, but at the same time, I think it is a, a, a big deal. As that gets closer and closer, and, and as that reality becomes bigger and bigger, do you see any difference in how he's carrying himself, how he's going about things taking any extra time or anything, or is it really still the same day-by-day day as it was three months ago? I think it's pretty consistent, yeah, especially it's the same as it was three months ago. I, I don't think it's the same as it was two years ago, um, but I think this whole farewell season for Derek, even though he doesn't want to call it a farewell tour because uh, he, the idea was to get to the postseason and play in one more postseason, um, I think that now that the standings look the way they do, I think it's going to shift a little bit, and um, it's going to create the opportunity where he's going to want to take a step back and, and try and appreciate all of it. And I think he has been, but when you're in the middle of it, when you're fighting for playoff position, when you're, when wins are so desperately needed, I think that it's hard to, 
uh, step back and look around and, and see what's going on. So I hope he can absorb it. I think it's pretty cool, everything that's been going on this year, uh, just the same way it was last year with Mariano. I think that uh, Mariano tried to absorb as much of it as he can, um, but I think you're always going to have something lacking there. I, I don't think you can all you can soak 100% of it in because it's just flying by so fast. And, and that's the one thing. Derek was looking at the calendar earlier this month, and uh, he said, my God, September already. It, it just flew by. And so I think that, that the year has really gone quickly for Derek. I think that it uh, probably went a little quicker than he thought it would. Um, so I hope he's been able to appreciate it uh, because there's been a lot of cool stuff going on. From the baseball side, Carlos Beltran just missed another few games and then came back again. Uh, it sounds like he's going to have surgery this winter. What do you see, what's your understanding of what that's going to mean for him over the winter and next spring? Yeah, the Yankees don't seem too concerned about it because, I mean, players have had bone spurs before. It's it's an old bone spur that has just uh, started to bother him a whole lot this year. Um, but they say it was pre-existing even before he signed the contract. So um, I think that, as soon as that last game of the year is in the books, uh, he, he can have it immediately. He can schedule the procedure the next day if he wants to. Uh, I think he'll do it as quickly as he can because I think he wants to get it behind him. And I, I think, in a way, Beltron's looking forward to it. So he'll rest for two months. And uh, so if he has it in October, that'll take him probably to the beginning of December. And then he can start throwing and swinging a bat again. And it really shouldn't be too much of a problem. And the Yankees seem to think that he can come back and be closer to what he was in St. Louis and that this year this can be a uh, one-year aberration because, uh, look, this is not the Carlos Beltran that they paid $45 million for, so clearly you hope that the last two years that deal will be better than the first one. And that, that actually leads into my next question. What do you think can be expected? I mean, this has been a really rough year for him uh, at the plate and uh, a guy that I think – didn't want to be a, a designated hitter. And what, what do you think is is reasonable to expect from him, both performance-wise, but also playing the outfield next year? Yeah, this. I mean, we've seen Carlos Beltran at his best. This was not a Carlos Beltran year. Um, you know, I don't. He hated being a designated hitter. Uh, you know, he really wanted to be in the outfield every day. And I, I think it's important for the Yankees that they can. I, they could barely play him in the outfield this year. Um, he look the way the roster is constructed. You know, Beltran can have some at-bats, a designated hitter last year, and I think it's a good option to rest him. Uh, obviously, you won't have Jeter coming back, but remember, Alex Rodriguez is going to come back, and he's going to try and play third base, and I think he's going to need a lot of time at DH as well. So uh, if Beltran can be counted on as a corner outfielder, you can put him in right field on a regular basis. I think that's going to give Girardi a lot of flexibility. Right. That that really was, was the, the other issue there, it seems to me, is that – it's hard to see where they're going to be any at-bats for him at DH next year. Um, it seems like there's a real problem there if they if they can't if he can't play the outfield. Yeah, and Teixeira's going to need some time at DH too. I mean, this is the thing with these uh, these players past 35 in, in long-term deals. Uh, they just can't be counted on to play 150, 155 games in the field. So, yeah, no, Beltran's going to have to come in. He thinks that he's going to have no problem throwing. Obviously, they, they try to get him ramped up and throwing again kept having setbacks with it. Uh, this is really just something that he's going to have to go in, get get cut, and uh, have the doctor fix it. And, you know, he, sh- he should be able to come back and be a productive Major League player. I don't think that uh, this year, Carlos Beltran 2014, is what the Yankees are going to get in 15 and 16, but we'll see. 
Well, Brian Hoke, thanks for taking some time here to chat on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch all of the second-half action on MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service. Watch every out-of-market game streamed live online or on the go in true HD. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 14 subscription, allowing you to watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.